Vibration. Vibration. You're listening to Shaggy's Soul Shakedown Party tonight. Folks, as you know, as you know, Shaggy's Soul Shakedown is every Thursday, every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. here on MutinyRadio.fm. What's with the limp? I got hit by a car on my bike. This person just ran a red light. How are you going to work? You wait tables. I don't know. I'm terrified. I count on my tips, and these hospital bills are confusing. The insurance adjusters just treat me like I'm a piece of paperwork. Man, you should go to johnstrausslaw.com. John Strauss is a great personal injury attorney. When I got hurt, he handled everything for me. He was on my side. And best of all, I didn't have to pay out of pocket. He got paid when I did. That's great, because I cannot afford to pay out of pocket. Yeah, don't let them confuse you and trick you. They treat you like you're a business. It's not business. It's personal. Injury. JohnStraussLaw.com Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Good morning, mutineers. This is the Labor and Love Show. I'm your host, The Bee, a.k.a. Bill Morgan. And uh, today you'll be hearing one of our archive shows as I have to go to the funeral of a great man, a man named John Whitinger. More on that next week. Please enjoy these archived shows. This one is from earlier this year. And of course, we're kicking off with a great blues band, Bo Diddley, 
Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf with Spoonful. Goodbye and happy Saturday. to you. This is The Bee, and you're tuned to Mutiny Radio. It's Saturday morning. Between 10 and 12 every Saturday, we bring you our labor magazine. The name of the show is Labor and Love, and we're located here at 2781 21st Street, in the corner of Florida in San Francisco's Mission District. Labor and Love is the show where we tell you like it is. More about that later. Remember, you gotta serve somebody. Maybe a 
rock and roll addict Prancing on the stage Money of drugs at your command Women in a cage You may be a businessman Or some high degree thief They may call you doctor Or they may call you chief But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you are You're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody You may be blind or lame Maybe living in another country Under another name But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you are You're gonna have to serve somebody Serve somebody Well, it may be the devil Or it may be the Lord But you're gonna have to serve somebody Working on a home Might be living in a mansion You might live in a dome You may own guns And you may even own tanks You may be somebody's landlord You may even own banks But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody Maybe a city councilman taking bribes on the side Maybe working in a barber shop, you may know how to cut hair And maybe somebody's mistress, maybe somebody's heir But you're gonna have to serve somebody Yes, you're gonna have to serve somebody Somebody 
and that was, of course, Bob Dylan. You got to serve somebody. In your life, you will often come into situations where you can serve one side or the other. Let's call them capital and labor. By the choices you make, you will help in the sum capital, or in the sum, you will help labor. You will help make the world a better place, or you will help make the world a place where billionaires can make better money. Uh, this is Labor and Love, and I'm the B, aka Bill Morgan. So today we celebrate a great American composer, Willie Dixon, but more about that later. Born July 1st, 1914, I want to say. And we're also going to hear from this gentleman. Back east they say he's leaving home every day Beating the hot old dusty way to the California line Across the desert sands they roll Getting out of that old dust bowl They think they're going to a sugar bowl But here's what they find Now the police at the port of entry say You're number 14,000 for today Oh, if you ain't got the do-re-mi you ain't got the do-re-mi Why, you better go back to beautiful Texas Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee California is a garden of Eden A paradise to live in or see But believe it or not, you won't find it so hot If you ain't got the do-re-mi Buy you a home or farm that can't deal nobody harm Or take your vacation by the mountains or sea Don't swap your old cow for a car You better stay right where you are You better take this little tip from me Cause I look through the want ads every day But the headlines on the papers always say If you ain't got the dough, ray me boys you ain't got the do-re-mi Why, you better go back to beautiful Texas Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee California is a garden of Eden A paradise to live in or see But believe it or not, you won't find it so hot If you ain't got the do-re-mi If you ain't got the do-re-mi, and that was uh, Woody Guthrie, whose birthday we also celebrate in July. Uh, Guthrie was one of the real uh, giants of American music. 
not in the sense of a, a star and a celebrity, more in the sense of like a worker's performer or someone who was a worker himself and, and performed. Uh, see what else we got. Well, let's stop that. This is Labor and Love. My name's Bill Morgan, a.k.a. The Bee. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Welcome to your weekly labor magazine, news opinion and commentary, as well as interesting interviews by, for, and about working people. So we celebrate the life of a great blues master. I'm a blues guy myself, and you can't really get a, a clearer, more concise textbook on the blues. Uh, from this man. I am the blues Willie Dixon. And then we're going to have a, a version of one of his songs by uh, Coco Taylor. And then we'll talk about his... Uh, anti-war songs a couple of anyway Willie Dixon Mama, before I was born you got a boy child coming gonna be a son of a gun gonna make these pretty women jump and shout and the world will want to know what it's all about, you know I'm here. Everybody knows I'm here. And I'm the hoochie-coochie man. Everybody knows I'm here. On a seventh hour, on the seventh day, on the seventh month, the seventh doctor said, he's born for good luck, and I know you see, got
someone told my mama, said, ooh, what a boy. He gonna make a mini woman a jumping child for joy. You know I'm here. Okay, Labor and Love here. And uh, we're talking about the late, great Willie Dixon. Uh, Dixon was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi on July the 1st, 1915. Hence our celebration. We're a little late, but quite as sincere as otherwise. Uh, Willie Dixon, if, if you're not familiar with him, quick primer. Willie Dixon was um, a bass guitar player who went to, came from the South to Chicago and briefly worked as Joe Lewis's sparring partner, but that was interesting. Um, started a blues band in Chicago called The Five Breezes and uh, you're probably thinking to yourself, oh, this is great. Well, okay, Willie Dixon, uh, that's wonderful. Uh, Willie Dixon was a great musician. Uh, he was a blues guy. Um, born July 1st, okay, that's stretching it. Well, Willie Dixon was more than that. W Willie Dixon was a conscientious objector in World War II. He objected to military service in World War II. Served 10 months, came out of prison and established himself as kind of a studio musician in, um, with Chess Records. Gradually began to write songs for their singers. Guys like Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, 
buddy guy, Otis Rush, if you need to go see the movie Cadillac Records, where uh, Willie Dixon is played by Ode, uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Um, let's see, what else can we say about Willie Dixon? Um, songs like classics, Little Red Rooster, Spoonful, uh, the one we just we just played, Hoochie Coochie Man. What Dixon did was kind of mold the figure of Muddy Waters into this big bad guy with a diamond ring, you know, and a, a bright suit. And, you know, his hair all straightened and... Uh, And so he wrote several songs. Little Red Rooster is one. Hoochie Coochie Man, Seventh Hour of the Seventh, the seventh Sun. And this one, give me a second here. This one, sung by the inimitable Coco Taylor. We go! 
Coco Taylor with uh, Muddy Waters, um, Willie Dixon's Wang Dang Doodle. That doesn't send chills up your spine. I don't know what will. Some of the people uh, Willie Dixon worked with, Chuck Berry, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Otis Rush, Bo Diddley, Joe Lewis Walker, Little Walter, Sonny Boy Williamson, Coco Taylor, Little Milton, Eddie Boyd, Jimmy Witherspoon, the list goes on and on. Lowell Fulsom. The Rolling Stones uh, recorded his song, Little Red Rooster, and it went to number one in 1964. Um, the list of the songs that he that he um, composed would just take up a long, a long, long time. Um, let's listen to the win. We'll still hear some more from uh, Willie Dixon, but uh, let's see what's happening in the world of labor. And um, when we can review. Workers Independent News, we can review. I'm Doug Cunningham. The Association of Flight Attendants, CWA, picketed United Airlines in a system-wide day of action Thursday as the union pushes for a fair labor contract. Dante Harris is president of AFA, CWA, Council 12 in Los Angeles. He says workers have tried for two years to reach a new labor contract with the merged United Airlines. It's been too long that United has had to wait to finish this merger and negotiate a contract for flight attendants. And now they're reporting record profits, but not fairly negotiating with the flight attendants. And flight attendants are out picketing around the world, and we won't stop until we get a contract that we can ratify. The Flight Attendants Union says United's projected profits for 2015 to 2017 are $5 billion or more per year. United has $7 billion in cash reserves, according to the union, plenty of economic power to afford a decent contract for its workers. Wisconsin's right-wing majority Supreme Court Thursday stopped a criminal investigation into illegal campaign coordination between Scott Walker's recall campaign and several right-wing political groups. Right-wing Wisconsin Supreme Court justices who got millions of dollars in campaign contributions from these right-wing groups ruled in their favor. Prosecutors may appeal this Wisconsin Supreme Court ruling to the U.S. Supreme Court, alleging conflict of interest in the justices who got the millions of dollars from the right-wing groups, but nonetheless refused to recuse themselves. UAW President Dennis Williams kicked off labor contract talks with the Detroit Three Monday. He says the union's goal is for GM to prosper, for shareholders and consumers to win, and for all UAW members to share in the prosperity of their achievements. Williams spoke of the need to bridge the gap for entry-level and legacy employees at the Detroit Three. GM, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler made a combined total of roughly $6.7 billion net income profits in 2014. The United Steelworkers, meanwhile, resumed steel industry bargaining this week in Pittsburgh. The American Federation of Teachers has endorsed Hillary Clinton for president, the first national union to endorse. In her keynote speech at the union's National Teach Conference, American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten urged teachers to raise their collective voices in their schools, in their communities, and in their state houses. When public education is demonized and denigrated, raise your voice. When corporate-backed politicians starve our 
schools and sell them off. Raise your voice. When they try to pin the blame on teachers, raise your voice. When growing income inequality and wage stagnation threaten the ability of people to climb the ladder of opportunity, raise your voice. Collective voice is power. So let's get out there and raise our voices and raise hell. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, that was uh, Workers Independent Network. Randy Weingarten with a ringing uh, admonition to her membership, at least the people who were sitting there listening to her. Raise your voice. She is, however, bankrolled by some of the very charter school companies and test companies that she sometimes rails against. As for her endorsement of Clinton, uh, I think it would have been much more natural to uh, endorse Sanders or just tell members to choose between them among themselves. Okay, win labor report. Let's listen to Willie Willie Dixon and his um, two anti-war songs. In this one is a uh, 1984. It don't make sense if you can't make peace. Here we go. It requires a lot of different facts of life that we must know about. And when you think about the various nations of the earth, the various religions of the earth, the various nationalities, the various people all over the world, have been able to make anything that we want to make and do anything we want to do. Have created miracles. But it don't make sense when we can't make peace. You know, you made everything else. Wise men, great men from every nation in the world, all the countries in the world, have all kinds of conventions and festivals. Spend all the money. Suppose you had to spend half as much money on trying to make peace as you have been making war. We wouldn't have to worry about nothing. But it don't make sense. It don't make sense. It don't make sense when you can't make peace.
Dixon with his anti-war song. Sorry, you got to call it what it is. It don't make sense if you can't make peace. Now this one is a phrase used by Martin Luther King when he decided to extend his uh, campaign for civil rights to an anti-war movement. 
asserting that every dollar spent in Vietnam was a dollar taken away from people in the U.S. who needed it, who were going hungry and homeless like they are now. King stood up and began his sermon with this phrase, I ain't going to study war no more. And he was uh, referencing work by, you guessed it, Willie Dixon.
this world our promised land on a steady, steady, steady why no Okay, Willie Dixon there with his two anti-war songs. The one you just heard was uh, Study War No More. Ain't gonna study war no more. Used later by M.L. King when he decided to include the Vietnam War in his campaign his for a better world. And uh, before that, was it don't make sense if you can't make peace. Wonderful, very simple kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word minimal, but it don't make sense if you can't make peace. Beautiful use of uh, rhetoric. Let's listen to some world news now. This is from the Radio Labor World Report. Solidarity News on Radio Labor. With a Radio Labor World report recorded on Friday, July 17th, 2015, I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, the UK government launches the biggest attack on unions in 30 years. The labor movement calls Amazon's 20-year anniversary a day of shame. South Africa's central labor organization survives a difficult convention. And our Labor Start correspondent reports on union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. The right-wing conservative government in Britain has embarked on an attack against worker rights which has been described as the biggest crackdown on unions in 30 years. Legislation introduced this week will change the current rules related to strikes, picket lines, and replacement workers known in the labor movement as scabs. Under the current rules, unions wanting to start a strike need a majority of the workers who participate in a union-organized strike ballot. Under the new rules, the union would have to have at least 50% of its whole membership participating in the vote, and then get a majority of the people who voted. In the case of public services declared essential, the union would have to get approval from at least 40% of the whole membership, including those who don't bother to vote. The new legislation would also allow employers to use temporary agency staff during strikes, in other words, be able to replace the striking workers. The number of workers walking a picket line may also be limited to seven people. I talked to Nicola Smith, the head of the Economic and Social Affairs Department of the British Trades Union Congress, the TUC. I asked her why the government was introducing this new legislation now. 
Well, we can only think that they further want to reduce the rights of people at work across the labour market. There's not an industrial relations problem in the UK. We have less than a tenth of the industrial action levels that we had in the 1980s. And strikes are always a last resort for people at work who, of course, lose a day's pay if they undertake industrial action. So I think it's very hard to understand why the government would want to shift the balance so far away from the workforce, because in our view, it isn't the right recipe for the productive workplaces that the UK desperately needs at the moment. How will the TUC and its affiliated unions confront this attack on on labour union rights? Well, we're going to be lobbying very hard to try and prevent these regulations making their way onto the UK statute book. And we're going to be making strong public arguments setting out the full range of proposals that the government are bringing forward and showing how far these plans will tilt the balance away from people at work and towards employers in a way that is simply not conducive to good workplace practice or good industrial relations. We don't want to see large numbers of strikes in the UK. Everybody wants better labour relations and good relations between workers and their employers. But this package of regulations isn't the way to achieve that outcome. You can hear an extended version of my interview with Ms. Smith of the TUC on the Radio Labor website. The online retailer Amazon is telling the world what a remarkably successful company it is. However, unions representing Amazon's workers say there's a different side to the story. Radio Labor's senior correspondent Seamary Ainsborough has a report. Amazon, the world's largest online retailer, celebrated its 20th birthday on Wednesday, July 15th, by highlighting its commercial success story. But for many Amazon employees, the company's history is more about poor pay and horrendous working conditions. Workers are falling sick because of practices such as work speed up in the company's warehouses. These warehouses are called fulfillment centers. The people who work in these fulfillment centers are not called workers. Amazon calls them fulfillment associates. Unions such as Germany's Verdi Union have been fighting back They've been supported at the world level by the Global Union Federation, UNI. Philip Jennings is UNI's General Secretary. On July the 15th, Amazon is organizing an extravaganza to celebrate its 20th anniversary. On this day, I recall the words of Jeff Bezos, the CEO, who said, you win a reputation by doing the hard things well. Well, to my mind, they're winning a reputation for doing the wrong things well. What do I mean? I mean poor working conditions, I mean poor wages, I mean denying the rights to German workers to have union representation and collective bargaining rights. This is not doing things well. Uni represents more than 20 million workers from over 900 labor unions around the world. Its members work in a wide range of sectors, including office cleaning, security, finance, and retail stores. This is Seamary Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. In South Africa, the country's central labor federation, COSATU, has survived a contentious special congress. It did so by sticking to issues of importance to workers in the country, but also by refusing to discuss the expulsion of a large affiliated union and its former general secretary, Zuelanzima Vavi. 2,500 delegates attended the special COSATO Congress held July 13th and 14th. They ended the meeting with a show of unity by adopting a declaration focused on the issues facing workers in South Africa and around the world.
The declaration was presented by Cusato's acting general secretary, Bacon Charlie. Neoliberal regimes of accumulation has failed to resolve the systemic crisis of capitalism. It has attempted to restore profitability through the destruction of the welfare state, cuts in real wages, intensification of work periods, deregulation and increase of the working hours, deregulation of labor relations, widespread casual labor, particularly among the women and the young workers, super exploitation of migrant workers, increased retirement age, cuts in pension fund and retirement benefits, increase in unemployment rates, recreation of social and labor rights, the denial of rights to park and collectively and to strike. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,000 stories that our volunteers have collected since our last report. Last week, our top story section included links to news about the effects on workers of the Greek debt deal, including spontaneous strikes, the growing global mobilization to demand freedom for an Iranian teachers union leader, and the anti-celebrations unions have been holding to mark Amazon's 20th anniversary. We also had coverage of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are some highlights. American electronics makers and grocery retail workers were on strike over wages. Baggage handlers in Spain walked in a wage dispute with Ryanair. Venezuelan brewery workers were ordered to end their strike and proceed to arbitration by the country's labor ministry. South African farm workers stopped work to protest their terrible working conditions. Zambian copper miners walked off the job to demand equal pay for equal work. Indian waste collection workers continued their wage dispute while tea plantation workers entered the second week of a costly go-slow action as they pressed for a wage of $3 per day, more than twice their current rate of pay. Public transport workers struck the Lisbon metro to protest privatization plans. Italian employees of IKEA struck for a day in a wage dispute. Irrigation system workers in Pakistan spent a day protesting harassment by managers. And university workers in Nigeria stopped work after 13 months with no pay. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the violence experienced by domestic workers in India, an increase to the minimum wage for domestic workers in Kenya, and the growing proportion of Canadian women who are retiring into poverty. Our health and safety newswire carried stories about the importation of asbestos into Australia, construction deaths in Cambodia, and a safety campaign started by the Miners Union in Burma. This week, Labor Start is running five online actions. All these campaigns are requested by and sponsored by unions around the world. Join us in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. You can stay up to date with Radio Labor's newscasts and special programs by following us on Twitter, at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you. Radio Labor, labor news from around the world, all over the world and throughout history. Working people have 
organize to make their futures better. That was just a sampling of what's going on all over the world. And we're going to get to what happened uh, in labor history on this date. But first, here's a PSA. The ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out aclunc.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Muscular Dystrophy Association is the world's leading nonprofit health agency dedicated to finding treatments and cures for muscular dystrophy, a mitotrophic lateral sclerosis, and other neuromuscular diseases. They do so by funding worldwide research, providing comprehensive healthcare services and support to MDA families nationwide, and by rallying communities to fight back through advocacy, fundraising, and local engagement. It's special work powered by special people who give generously. Visit mda.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your Alex, Ed, can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> basic need for food security by growing healthy organic fruits and vegetables in urban farms and backyard gardens. They seek to service all residents of West Oakland, especially those who have the least access to fresh affordable food. City Slicker Farms demonstrates the viability of a local food production system. They serve as community spaces, empowering children and adults who want to learn about the connections between the ecology, farming, and the urban environment. They give the citizens of West Oakland tools for self-reliance. For more information, visit cityslickerfarms.org. This public service announcement brought to you by your friends at Mutant Radio. Those were our PSAs, such as they are. 
Every week it seems they're arranged in a different way. We're talking about Woody Guthrie. Guthrie was born in Oklahoma and uh, raised by dirt poor parents. Uh, he suspected that his father was a member of the Ku Klux Klan and involved in a couple of prominent hangings in the Oklahoma area. Um, Woody himself was left on his own, raised by his older brother from the time he was 12 or... Uh... Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Guthrie also um, left home, had a guitar. Famously, uh, he was taught to play the guitar by a uh, black shoeshine guy. He later said that he learned to play guitar and harp from another musician. Basically, what he did was go around to labor camps. And at that time in the 1930s, there were a lot of people coming from the Midwest who had lost their farms in what was called the Dust Bowl and the bank repossessions. And he wrote about their lives. Here's one called Pastures of Plenty, and then followed by Pretty Boy Floyd about losing your farm to a bank. hard road that my poor hand is hold My poor feet has traveled a hot dusty road Out of your dust bowl and westward we rolled and your desert was hot and your mountains was cold and prunes slept on the ground in the light of your moon on the edge of your city you've seen us and then we come with the dust and we go with the wind California and Arizona I make all your crops and it's north up to Oregon together your hops Dig the beets from your ground, cut the grapes from your vine To set on your table your light sparkling wine Green pastures of plenty from dry desert ground From that grand coulee dam where the water runs down Ever stayed in this union, us migrants have been We'll work in this fight and we'll fight till we win 
it's always we ramble that river and I all along your green valley I'll work till I die my land I'll defend with my life if it be cause my pastures of plenty must always be free If you'll gather round me, children, a story I will tell About pretty boy Floyd, an outlaw, Oklahoma knew him well It was in the town of Shawnee a Saturday afternoon His wife beside him in his wagon as into town they rode There a deputy sheriff approached him in a manner rather rude Vulgar words of anger and his wife she overheard Pretty boy grabbed a log chain and the deputy grabbed his gun In the fight that followed he laid that deputy down then he took to the trees and timber to live a life of shame. Every crime in Oklahoma was added to his name. But a many a starving farmer the same old story told. How the outlaw paid their mortgage and saved their little homes. Others tell you about a stranger that come to beg a meal. Underneath his napkin left a thousand dollar bill. It was in Oklahoma City. It was on a Christmas day There was a whole carload of groceries Come with a note to say Well, you say that I'm an outlaw You say that I'm a thief Here's a Christmas dinner For the families on relief Guess it's through this world I've wandered I've seen lots of funny men Some will rob you with a six-gun And some with a fountain pen And as through your life you travel Yes, as through your life you roam You will never see an outlaw Drive a family from their home We had Pastures of Plenty there by Woody Guthrie singing about the life of uh, migrant farm workers in the 1930s. And the last song was Pretty Boy Floyd, an outlaw ballad, and with the uh, infamous line, the B 
beautiful line, some will rob you with a six gun, some with a fountain pen. Woody Guthrie uh, eventually ended up in New York uh, playing um, on a radio program called Back Where I Come From. Got a spot on the show for his buddy, Hughie Ledbetter. And Ledbetter's apartment was a gathering place for left-wing musicians. Man, he met Pete Seeger in 1940 and uh, ended up with a, a disease called uh, Hutchinson's disease and which gradually tightened the the muscles in his hand and um, Guthrie was largely alone except for family because the progression of Huntington's it was difficult to be around common symptoms include uncharacteristic aggression volat emotional volatility and social disinhibition So uh, Guthrie died of Huntington's disease. Fathered Arlo Guthrie, he was married three times. And uh, we pay tribute to him today. He, uh, he sort of was the founder of the modern folk m movement, but also uh, the movement of playing music of social significance. He was, in the words of one guy, um, not a political writer, but a writer who lived in political times. Not sure what that means. It's July, so we celebrate the great general strike in San Francisco. I mean, when I say great, I mean it was all-encompassing. The city was shut down for several days because during a labor parade, during a labor um, demonstration, workers trying to block the shipping companies from bringing scabs in to do their work, two workers were shot. And the next day, Black Friday, Labor, the labor movement showed its solidarity and walked down Market Street, thousands, tens of thousands strong. The great San Francisco strike, from wharf rats to lords of the docks. Step the longest march can be won. Many stones can form an arch, singly none. And by union, what we will can be accomplished still. Drops of water turn a mill, singly none. 
mother, my Irish Catholic mother, she was always writing home to Dublin. And she had a large hand, so the address took up most of the envelope. Well, she sent me off to the post office, I was about seven, and I always had to buy penny stamps. So I had to stick stamps all over the front of the envelope, turn it over, stick them all over the back to make up the postage. One day I went home, I said, Mama, why can't I buy shilling stamps? And she said, never, because the shilling stamp has a picture of the King of England on it and no son of mine is going to lick the other side. <laughs> started pushing us back to the intersection of Mission and Stewart Streets just off the waterfront when the police car arrived and shots were fired. Two men lay dead. Scrap iron, crude oil bound for Japan, we refused to load it. We didn't like the way they were bombing those cities in China and we figured it just might come back at us one day. Same way as we refused to load some German ships because of Hitler and some Italian ships when Mussolini invaded Ethiopia. An injury to one is an injury to all. And I'll tell you something else. Interfere in the foreign policy of our country? Sure as hell. That's our job, that's our right, that's our privilege, that's our duty. Foreign policy is too damned important to be left to the striped pants set in Washington, D.C. I said then, that if all the jobs on the dock were to disappear, if they were to dwindle away and all that was left was just two jobs, just two, and I had my way, I'd make damn sure that one of them went to a black worker. And, and here's the thing. See, I have every right to be prejudiced because I was brought up in a racist country. I was taught that white people are superior but I learn better, see? My dear judge, if Harry Bridges is deported, he is more than likely to organise the whole British Empire against us. <laughs> he is a dangerous man and should be kept where we can watch him. Our very good friends of the British domain have more than their fair share of troubles already. Patriotically yours, signed, I see clearly. <laughs> Anyway, Carol King, she could write a letter herself. Listen to this. All I have to say is that you are a bastard. <laughs> and the next time you behave like this, I will murder you in cold blood. <laughs> well, for that, they threw me back in jail, which I did not like, not one bit. Although while I was there, I did read 12 books, I put on 15 pounds, and I organised the guards into the Teamsters. <laughs>
Okay, we had some woody gussery there. We had uh, pastures of plenty, and then uh, Pretty Boy Floyd, and then we had from Warfrats to Lords of the Docks, sort of a brief story about the life of um, Harry Bridges and the general strike in San Francisco, July 1934. That and um, the Teamsters strike in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. Uh, key moments for the labor movement. From wharf rats to lords of the dock, sort of we, we need to look back and see where that energy came from. And what it came from was people who were desperate. And those desperate people, it seems, became comfortable. They're not desperate anymore. The labor movement will always come from people who are desperate, from people who are up against it, people who have less to lose. Okay, we don't not want to... Fr oh, okay, and the last one was Billy Bragg. Woody Guff Guthrie's wife gave him a, a whole bunch of... Uh, unfinished songs and lyrics and things that Guthrie was working on. And uh, Billy Bragg recorded an album called Mermaid Avenue. There might be another album as well. well this one is called Christ for President. Who's Christ? <laughs> there have been several. In terms of the worldwide movement for justice, July 14th is a holiday, a day of celebration for all working people. Because this is the day that in 1789, where the old order was directly challenged and overthrown by people from below. Uh, this was the day that crowds in Paris broke into the Bastille, and it was a symbolic action. There weren't but one or two people in the Bastille. But it was one of the most feared uh, prisons for political prisoners of its time. So again, it was symbolic and sort of the official beginning of the French Revolution. And the song that sort of fueled that revolution is what is now the, the national anthem of France, La Marseillaise, written by a soldier on his way to fight with the new volunteer army against uh, Euro European powers. And we are privileged to have a version of La Marseillaise sung by Ms. Edith Piaf.
That was uh, Edith Piaf singing the national anthem of France, the Marseillaise. Just thought before we go on with that, I, I'd like to tell, tell you what it means. Allons, come on, children of the fatherland, the day of glory has arrived. This is a clarion call to all oppressed peoples. Soldiers come right to our arms and slit the throats of our sons and our friends. Grab your weapons, citizens. Form your battalions. Let us march. Let us march until their impure blood waters our fields. This horde of slaves, traitored, traitors, plotting kings, what do they want? For whom did they make these shackles and these irons long prepared? Frenchmen for us. They dare to consider returning us to the ancient slavery. In other words, about working people. Interesting. Uh, an international call to arms. I had occasion this week to read the opinion of a Canadian guy, five reasons why we should not prohibit the flying of the Confederate flag. Uh, if you wanted to hear some specious reasoning, that would be the place to do it. One of his reasons is that there is no country built on slavery because everything was destroyed in the Civil War and everything had to be built from the bottom. Now, some, somehow he forgot to consider that that slavery, that 400 years, whether or not it produced anything lasting, was the work of slaves. 400 years.
Nothing but are the 400 years nothing? Today in labor history, July 13th, Southern Tenant Farmers Union organized in Tyrunza, Arkansas, briefly an alliance between white and black farmers. Detroit newspaper workers begin 19-month strike against Gannett. The strike would become a lockout, which lasted four years more. That was in 1995. The great nationwide strike, railroad strike, a.k.a. the great upheaval, after railroad workers are hit with their second pay cut in a year, a riot, a strike riot spread through 17 states. This week, federal troops were called out to force an end to the strike. And all over the cities, big cities of the U.S., there blossomed these big fortresses, uh, actually built to store arms in case of a general uprising, a labor uprising. The armory, okay, in towns all over the U.S., the National Guard armory. I always wonder, what was that about? Why did they have that? Well, it was to put down labor, labor actions that turned violent. It was to keep workers from protesting. So typically the people who would be armed would be scabs. Scabs and goons hired by the companies and the National Guard, yeah. This day in 1934, as we said, the Longshoremen's Strike in San Francisco. July 17th in 1944, the explosion of a Navy ship killing 322 people, including 202 African-Americans assigned by the Navy to handle explosives. Boy, I guess they pulled the best duty there, huh? The resulting refusal of 258 African-Americans to return to the dangerous work underpinned the trial and conviction of the 50 men in what is called the Port Chicago Mutiny. That was uh, from the Union Communication Services. This day in labor history is about the 
strike of the United Steelworkers of America beginning July 15, 1959. It showed the height of the worker power in American labor history on the shop floor and through the contract. It also demonstrated how government could still bus strikes, would still bus strikes when it could. This was the end of the peak in American labor history as steel workers were forced to go back to work for less than what they asked for. They asked for. The American steel industry did not reverse its long, slow decline. Ultimately, uh, workers got some of the things they were asking for. Remember, when you step out of line, when you stand up and make yourself heard and seen, you are not alone. In a matter, as a matter of fact, if you don't stand up, you'll be counted for sitting down. You got to serve somebody. Look around you. There's a world to win everywhere. In every time, workers have struggled to make their lives better. Okay. Looking here to see what we can play. It's about 11.40. Here's a nice version of Masters of War by the burger folk. War is the biggest lie that's told to us. In war, we go out and kill one another. People who are more alike than not. Here we go.
Masters of War there by the Berg folk. You're listening to Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida. We broadcast live here, and our work is also available uh, online in the uh, archives. Click on the archives and the name of the show you'd like to listen to, Labor and Love. And it's all right there. A couple of clicks away and you're listening to Mutiny Radio where what we publish and what we do is live. It's always live. It might be a lot of other things. And by live I mean it's happening. This is the B, and it's about time to sign off. Wanted to play a little bit of uh, Lenny Bruce, so let's do that. And then we'll jump over to the um, Internacional. Let's see here. Now to the headquarters of Religions Incorporated. And seated around the desk on Madison Avenue sit the religious leaders of our country. Oral Roberts, Oral Jaggers, Billy Graham, Adamanzi Ogananda, Herb Jeffries, Danny Thomas, Rabbi Wise, Eddie Cantor, Pat Boone, Jane Russell, 
Joey Bryant, and the other people who feel insecure in the industry. The Dodge Plymouth dealers have just had their annual raffles, and they've just given away a 1958 Catholic church. As we listen closely, we hear H.A. Allen addressing the tight little group on Madison Avenue, with O.L. Jaggers to his right and Hillsborough to his left. Well, gentlemen, I see a lot of boys here that I haven't seen in many years. That told Rabbi Wise this afternoon. Rabbi, who would have thought back in 31, we were hustling watches in. <laughs> who would have thought that in 31, this scam would have snowballed like it has? <laughs> Look, gentlemen, there it is. There's the graph. There's the business report. I guess that tells the story. For the first time in 12 years, Catholicism is up 15 parts. <laughs> Judaism is up nine. The big P, the Pentecostalists, off the move. We got a lot of wonderful plans. But naturally, gentlemen, doing great does not mean slipping into a state of lethargy, gentlemen. No, we had a tie in the seal of the Osmobile, as you know. Now, suppose there's a problem. There's sort of a moot point. I don't expect any of you boys to get out there on the pulpit. And well, that's about all we've, we've got there for Lenny Bruce. We can maybe play the rest of that one next time. His idea of organized religion, religion organized to make money, definitely resonates. This is The Bee, and the show is Labor and Love. On Labor and Love, we tell you how it is. If one person worked for a dollar they didn't get, that means someone else got a dollar they didn't work for. That's how capitalism works. If you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu and never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. This is the B signing off to all my friends and family out there. Hope to see you soon. Um, goodbye and good work.
go to the moon and come back thrilled. Dixon there leading us off. This is uh, the Labor and Love Show broadcasting live from 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission, El Mero Mero. And we're here broadcasting live from 10 to 12 every Saturday morning. You can uh, pick up our podcast mutinyradio.fm forward slash podcast go down to labor and love and find it that was Willie Dixon with you can't make peace here's what happens to you in the workaday world 20 years of schooling and what do they do they put you on the day shift John is in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on a pavement thinking about the gun. 
time you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway, looking for a new friend. A man in a coonskin cap and a pig pen wants eleven dollar bills. You only got ten. slogan bring the war home and that's what we're gonna do we gotta bring the war home we gotta get them fucking coming rats they're all over you can't tell where they are up and down sideways inside out we gotta watch where we are we gotta watch them before they kill us can't take no chances i mean even them kids alive will grow up and be commies right if it's gotta be a bloodbath let it be a bloodbath. What I say is, kill for peace. That's the slogan. Just kill for peace. The more students we get rid of, the more peaceful everything will be.
And that uh, last one was Kill for Peace by the, the Fugs under the leadership of the redoubtable Thule Kupfenberg, who uh, just died recently, a lifetime organizer against systematic order, against capitalism, against repression of all kinds, against war, as witnessed by that hit, that 1979, I believe, hit, Kill for Peace, Thule Kupfenberg. And behind that, we had the subterranean homesick blues. This is the systematic pushing of middle-class boys, let's call it, into uh, uh Conforming a conformist lifestyle in the 1950s, 60s, 70s. And finally, it's capped off, of course, with 20 years of schooling and they put you on the day shift. You're a working man. You're going to work 40 years of your life. Put in time on your job to make money for someone else and then retire. Boy, what kind of a prospect is that? This is Labor and Love, and I'm the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan. We broadcast live every Saturday morning from 10 to 12. And thereafter, we post our uh, podcasts on the mutinyradio.fm website, mutinyradio.fm forward slash podcasts. Go down to Labor and Love. This is the show, by the way, in case you don't know, where we tell you how it is. If one person got a dollar they didn't work for, also known as an investment, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. (laughs) 